Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Amanda Stroni. Amanda Stroni is a meditation teacher and financial coach who provides yoga teachers, energy workers, and spiritual creatives with the tools needed to achieve financial freedom. Amanda is committed to helping grow the collective success of all through conversation and community. She has a podcast, Untapped Power, and a free community for yoga teachers to collaborate and share knowledge. In addition, Amanda leads mindful movement-based vinyasa yoga classes with a deep focus on meditation and breath. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for having me. I'm excited to be here with you today. Yes, and excited to get into your story because you started out in one place and you kind of ended up in another place, but kind of combined with combined all the things you learned. So why don't you tell us about your story? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, the invitation. Um, It has been a different uh, journey or a different path for me. Um, I actually began uh, from college teaching high school English. So there is that teaching component that has been that woven thread, I feel like through the course of of my career and uh, quote unquote career, what I've chosen to do uh, thus far with my life. so I started teaching and then I, I left teaching after three years and moved into uh, financial services. So I worked in at a bigger company for almost 12 years in financial services, a variety of different roles. I was in training, I was in project management, uh, business development, um, and really was stepping into that corporate path and thinking that that was the direction that was going to take me into um my success or what I thought was my success and and that path of of really like happiness within me. And it was always just that one more promotion or that next big job that I felt like would seal the deal. Uh, And I never felt it. I just always felt this, this deplete, um, like I wasn't doing what I was called to do and really just felt um, depressed, to be honest, and didn't really know what direction to go in. And so I um, actually was uh, in a relation, a long-term relationship and was engaged to get married and we had called it off. And at that point, I started to look deeper just at all the elements of my life and started to examine really what was mine, what, what I wanted to shift into change. And that was when I stepped into my first yoga retreat uh, by myself. I traveled to Mexico and then I came back and a year later did my yoga teacher training. And after doing my yoga teacher training, just... Um, I quit my job uh, and 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 moved and took a four month hiatus of travel, and, and came back around and reevaluated what I really wanted to do, and that w- which led to uh, what I'm doing today, which is that combination of my background in financial services and business, and uh, helping and working with yoga teachers, which I feel really passionate about the practice of yoga and meditation, and getting it into the hands of more people. So I help people in the industry learn the tools that they need to be successful, to grow their business um, and to feel confident in what they're doing and get over any of those financial blocks. Uh, And I, and I love it. I love um, the work that I do. I love working with healers and spiritual creatives um, and yoga teachers. And, And so that's sort of in a nutshell, how I got to, to be where I am today. Wonderful. So I'm thinking how you combine that. So when you're working with these um, creatives and yoga teachers, are you teaching them marketing? Are you teaching them how to run a business? What, what things are you actually teaching them? 
Yeah. So the clients that I work with, we start with the financial piece and that's how they come in most of the time. Um, I do work with clients in meditation, developing a meditation and cultivating a meditation practice as well. But so looking at where there are financial blocks within um, a yoga teacher or someone that's getting started, because a lot of people that are in the industry of healing uh, are doing it because they're really passionate about it. And a lot of the times they're giving away these services for free. They're not really understanding that they could be actually making a living off what they're doing. And then they get frustrated. They get burnt out because they've given a lot of stuff away for free. And then they come back into the space of, well, why isn't, why aren't I able to charge or why aren't I able to make money doing this? So I work initially through those, those blocks, those mindset blocks with, fi- with financials. And then we, when we dive deeper, we're able to get into more of a financial plan for them to understand where their money's going, how they're spending their money, how they can consolidate what it looks like to start a business. So I don't do marketing, but I, I would get them in touch with someone that does, or we would work together on that front, but it's more understanding the business plan overall. What are the blocks that they need to get through and how can they get there and how can they develop a financial framework for themselves? that's going to work and bring them to the place that they need to, to be successful. Cool. And when you were talking about that, I know um, many healers and many genres, they do tend to give things away. Talk about what happens when people continually give things away and they don't receive. Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm glad that you brought that up because the yoga industry in general is very interesting, right? The practices come from a space of, of uh, not charging, right? If we look at the history of the practices, we look at the history of a lot of healing services, they come from a place of just giving to give without this monetary attachment. So, but we live in a world, as we know, um, that, that works with money right? We live in a capitalistic world. So um, what it allows when, when we don't operate in that world, when we choose to give things away for free, we devalue ourselves. So I feel like oftentimes what happens with people is they don't truly value the work that they're doing by giving it away for free. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is a time and a space for giving things away to people and to know that that is that's an acceptable thing to do especially for people when they're getting started. Oftentimes it's needed to to barter or to give away services, to get your name out there, to get people to know who you are. Um, But I think it it comes with that that boundary of knowing that it's not long-term and that um, it's really challenging to get a client who you've given something away, away to or bartered with to actually pay for a service. That's a really hard transition. So I think it's just important in what I work with with my clients is just to be mindful of that, to be mindful of the fact that you want to have paying clients because you have to live your life and you have to pay for things. So to to acknowledge that, and for most people, a lot of the time, it's a mental block. It's a mental block of working through that they can actually charge for what they're doing, that it's a possibility. Yes. And so when people are making that leap from, let's say they're doing something in their neighborhood, (laughs) they're just giving away this class every week. And then all of a sudden they want to switch over besides them changing their mindset. How do you explain to them how to actually have that conversation with people? 
Well, I think that's a great question. And I think that it is possible. So I don't want people to think that it's not possible because that puts them in sort of a bind of saying, well, I gave this away. How do I now charge? So to me, it's just being honest. It's being honest with the people that you're working with, right? To say that uh, things have shifted for me. Things have changed for me. And now I, I'm, I'm looking to charge for this service. This is the price that I'm going to charge. And to know that not everyone is going to move forward because some people are just not going to invest in it because they, they're only looking for things that are free. We know those people, right? That are always looking for the next free offer or the next free thing. But if they really value what you're doing, they are going to pay you for it. So don't be afraid to ask for money, even though you haven't in the past, you know? So think of it that way, that it's not, it's more so usually your own internal battle of going into that place of making, because it's going to be uncomfortable. People aren't ready for it because they're used to getting things for free if you've offered it that way. So when you make the shift, it's just being mindful that there may be some uncomfortability from you and to not hesitate, to not go back on your word, to really stay consistent down your path. So if you do change to say, I'm going to charge for this and continue forward in that way, don't then revert back because you only have two people and you had 10 before, know that you can build it from that space of now charging and moving yourself into, into the space that you want to. Mm-hmm. And, and you did that in a way, I mean, you went from one, you, you, you quit your job, <laughs> you yes. quit your job and you started something totally new, which was a huge risk. Uh, talk about taking big risks and what's the pros and cons of doing that. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a loaded question. And I, I really believe that in order to really live our life, like really live our life, we have to take risks. We can sit in the space of comfortability forever and we can live an okay life, but I don't think we're actually living if we don't take risks and the risk to step off, right? We're on the ledge and we step off into the unknown. It's where the magic happens. It really is where the magic happens. It's where we learn what we didn't know about ourselves. It's where the unexpected happens. And in the unexpected, we're able to let go of the plan to release control uh, and to, to allow ourselves to feel something that we haven't felt before. Uh, for most of my life, I was living in this place of, of comfort, you know, of control. Everything was controlled, even though I was doing things maybe a little bit different. And I thought that was exciting and not in control. I always had that layer of control. And when I chose to quit my job, I released that control and it wasn't easy for me. You know, that's that process. I feel like is still unfolding for me four years later, how to still be uncomfortable in these levels of uncertainty. And what I know to be true is the more that I step into it, the more that I do it, Mm-hmm. the easier it becomes. And that's the space that I'm choosing to live in each and every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really good to know because there actually are a lot of people even not choosing to lose their jobs, but in the last year or so have lost their jobs because of all the changes happening. And now they're, you know, they're, they're running and there's no floor <laughs> and they're going, right. where do I go? How do I, how do I live in this gig society? where, you know, people are taking their skills and they're creating something new. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to, the, the perspective you bring up is, is really um, 
quite interesting because you're talking about how you can choose it or it's chosen for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that we always choose it. So it's never really chosen for us. We always choose it. It's what we want to do with it. So yes, these times are unexpected. People are in situations they weren't expecting to be in. And what I think is important to be mindful of is that we all don't have the same tools right now. We're all not equipped with the same tools. And, and I am speak for myself. When I chose to do this, I had some tools. I don't, I didn't have the same tools that I have today, but those tools of, of a meditation practice of awareness to the self of being able to be still of being able to know that uncertainty and change is an ongoing thing, right. Of being able to step into it, of being able to trust and have faith in, in what's coming. Those are all things that are not easy. And all of us don't have access. Um, that's first and foremost, or, you know, we're not there yet. And so I, I think it's really important to have compassion for, for people in the space that they're in. And that's, you know, during these times is where I've held a lot of space because it's, it's, a, it's very uncertain and not everyone knows um, how to handle that with inside themselves. So a lot's coming up. Exactly. And the other thing I was thinking of is you were talking you know, not everybody can have every tool. I'm not very That's technical. Right. So I'm going to help pe- have people help me with those areas. So, you know, there's going to be some people who are really brilliant at whatever it is they're doing. And now they're finding themselves in this situation. But if they could connect themselves with someone who knows how to run a business or put together a business, you know, they could make something new and wonderful, maybe better. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that. And that's really part of my mission and the work that I do with my podcast and the community that I've developed is to connect people together, right? So as an example, you know, as a yoga teacher, I teach yoga a certain way and it doesn't resonate with everyone. And I know people that teach yoga a different way that is going to resonate more with someone that may come to my practice. And if I can openly say, hey, go to this teacher, go see this person without trying to control everything or trying to hold on to that business, Mm -hmm. then I'm able to collaborate more with people. And I think that that's a big piece of it. What you're talking about is that collaboration to find people to work with you so that your unique skill set can be utilized and that someone else's can be utilized and together we can create versus assuming that you have to do it all or plowing your way through things that don't align with you so that you actually are causing yourself suffering in the process. I agree. When I have to do tasks that I'm not good at, I feel like I'm suffering. <laughs> that makes right? total sense. <laughs> you and me both, you and me both. I don't, there are certain things that I don't like to do and I'm not probably good at, and that's okay. Exactly. Now you med- mentioned meditation And there's so many people doing different forms of meditation from sitting and being quiet to guided meditations, to breathing, to some people are walking and meditating. (laughs) Um, Talk about meditation, why we would want to find some way to do that. And, you know, maybe how you're doing it. Yeah, thank you. And I am, I'm grateful that there are so many types of meditation. Um, I don't believe there's one right way to do it. That's what I'll say first and foremost, is there's not one right way to meditate. 
And I don't think there's one right way to do anything. And if anyone tells you there's one right way and it's their way, uh, I would head very quickly in the other direction because it's not true. It's, there's so many ways. Um, and so I found my path into meditation uh, through my own suffering, essentially through my own suffering and desire to want to understand why I, my thoughts controlled me why I was reactive in so many ways, why I didn't feel settled inside myself. Mm -hmm. And so for me, meditation is a practice to bring me back to my center. And I do do a stillness meditation. I follow the path of, of Raja yoga. I, I study the Bhagavad Gita, the yoga sutras. And I work with a meditation teacher as well, um, who is, has had a long history in the lineage but I do believe that it's, it's taking the steps for yourself, like the baby steps um, and the awareness at, that I have received through meditation and bringing myself into stillness each and every day and, and being disciplined with it. It's for me, it's a, it's a practice that I do every single morning before I do anything else. And so I clear out the clutter. I get through those thoughts and then I'm able to be in those spaces of stillness, even if it's a few seconds, a few moments, each day is different and it brings me back to center. And I know that I have that practice. And so we all have it within us, right? It's, it's our own internal space. And so it's something we can do for free with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it just takes, sometimes I feel like getting started, getting out of our own way. And also coming back to what I said at the beginning, that there isn't a right way to do it. So figuring your own path in, because we all have complex lives. So you want to really start with a place where it's, you can really make the space for it, right? So if for you in the morning, it's just not an option based on your schedule, figuring out when it can be an option so that it doesn't become something that you avoid. Exactly. Yeah. I, I've found that in times when I'm really busy or, you know, that day when you leave the house late. Um, I would even take my, you know, lunchtime, you know, I want to make sure to eat lunch, but then I would take my lunchtime, maybe half my lunchtime and do the meditation. Cause even that little bit of time makes a big difference yeah. in the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell people that always that even just a break in the day, you're sitting in your car, you do a breathing exercise, right? Like you take a moment for yourself and, and really the, the meditation is leading to the reminder to all of us that we are not our thoughts. We are not our body. So the more that we can understand that we are not our thoughts and we can watch our thoughts and see just how attached we are to our thoughts, we can bring ourselves back into this space of realizing that we're more than that, that we're more than those repetitive cycle of thoughts that go through our mind. And so then things don't become as complex, right? They don't become as, you know, a big deal. When we go into a situation, we're able to pull back and recognize just how simple it can become. Beautiful. And talking about thoughts, you know, um, they say we have kind of the same thoughts every day, like the same ones. And a lot yeah. of times those are fearful thoughts, not all of them, right? but we're worrying about this or that, or what if that doesn't get there on time? We're, how do we get over the fears that we have that come up from day to day? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. And I talk about this in the, in the workshop that I offer around um, money and the mindset, because you talk about fear and a lot of people have fear around money and scarcity. And we think about our thoughts. And I think there's been studies out there. I don't, I can't quote any offhand around when we wake up, we go, most of us go into negative thoughts right away, right? I didn't get enough sleep. What do I have to do? All the things I'm, I probably won't have time to do. I didn't do this right. Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. So we immediately go into that space of negative thoughts. And so what I offer people is to use that space right when you wake up to move into a space of positive thought, right? I'm here, I'm breathing, right? I can get out of bed. And so those are more positive thoughts to reframe the negative so that we start to do it over and over, over time, but it's going to take time. Think of how long you've developed these negative thoughts, how long you've processed them, depending on your age and how long they've been there. And so you start small. And I think it starts with the recognition that the thought is there, right? Can I recognize that I'm having a negative thought for a lot of us? That that's it's it's not even we're not even conscious of it. We're just having negative thought after negative thought. So when you can pause and say, I'm having a negative thought, mm-hmm. and then become aware of it and then transition into a space of, of making it positive, with I believe the ultimate of making it neutral, right? Not not making it bad or good, just making it neutral. Mm-hmm. But to begin, it may help to make it positive and move ourselves into that space. But it takes time. It mm-hmm. takes time. And I but I encourage people to start somewhere because I did, and I see a huge difference the more that I look at these thoughts and watch them and have this awareness. And I'm able to then move myself back into that space very quickly, very quickly. Which is the most important thing. Cause I know I become more aware of my thoughts. And so when I see one that I don't want to entertain, I just tell myself, you can't stay here. If you stay too long, it gets stuck. So I'll, I'll think of something else. And if I'm too deep in it, I'll say, I'll say, okay, you have to say what you're thankful for. And I start looking around the room and naming things, anything to change my, my brain into a different space. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that is, that is part of the process, right? To bring yourself back into that space and to, to write, you're recognizing it, right. And pulling yourself back. Um, And it's a practice. So don't beat yourself up if you notice yourself going further along um, down that negative thought process to start because we're human, Mm -hmm. right? And so most importantly, we require compassion for ourselves, the thoughts that we're having, the ways in which we want to change or do better for ourselves, but to recognize where we're at in the space that we're at. Exactly. Now let's talk about the big bad word money. So I've heard people say the energy of money, that money has a personality, that money is who you are. Some people believe that when their bank account goes up, they feel good. And when their bank account goes down, they feel bad, regardless of which financials, whether they're the lower financial or way up there, it doesn't really matter. There's people that their self-worth goes up and down, depending on if they made sales that day. Yeah. So there's so many ideas around this. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And that's an interesting, I I love that you brought this up, of course. And that perspective, someone that is attached to their bank account going up and down is attached to the external, 
right? So the validation of, do I have, I have more, I have less, I have more, I have less. And unfortunately that person is never going to be content or at peace, whether they have more or less, that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't matter. Um, I'm sure that there's people out there that will challenge that and that's okay. But if you want to be in the race of the external of catching something or making that determination, you'll be there forever, right? Because there'll always be something to grab onto. Money is just one of those forms. But I believe that money is one of the most important relationships that we have in this, in this world, because it ties up into all these other factors, right? How we view those things, having money, not having money can affect how we view ourselves, unfortunately, right? Can affect how we view ourselves, how we view others, how we choose to live a life. And so it's understanding your own relationship to it. Why do you want more of it? Because that is a deeper question than I just want more money or I just want more sales. Why do you want more of it? To get really at the heart Mm -hmm. of what may be missing for you within yourself. Because as human beings, we've made things so complex and ultimately we can sustain ourselves, you know, with very little actually, Uh, but we search for so much more. So I do believe that it's important to understand your relationship to it so that you, when you go out in the world and you interact with other people, when you have other relationships, that you know how you operate with money, that you're at least aware of it, you know, and if you're looking to fix it or change it because you don't feel good about it, then that's the path that you're on. But to not sit in this space of just unawareness to it or to just assume you know, that, that it will just come or that I'm always not going to have it or, you know, whatever the situation may be. I think we need to get really clear with ourselves to know what that relationship is and to be able to openly speak about it, to not look at it as like a taboo, you know, to talk about it, right? Because so many people don't talk about it. It's like this taboo thing of, oh, I don't want to talk about money. I don't want to know how much money that person has or doesn't have or what they're doing. And, And this, I think, has sort of become the world that we live in where we don't know what's real and what's not real. We see a lot of people doing things on social media or out in the world, and I'm not sure if it's real or not. They could really be struggling and not making any money and have 10,000 followers. Like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, but it looks like they're making money or it looks like they have some idea of success. So really, what, what is success to you? What, what amount of money is going to bring you contentment and peace within yourself? And that's a question I ask my clients often because you could be chasing after a number that's really not what you require. So when you get there, you're not going to be any different than when you started. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to talk about working hard, working smart, and this other component that a lot of people probably wouldn't ask about, faith. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, working hard, working smart, right there. I feel like these are all terms that are being thrown around now, right? Like work less, make more, you know, don't, don't overexert yourself. Um, and to me, work is needed, right? Work is required. It's, it's, it's finding out what work is filling you up, what work is truly your purpose. So when you're doing purpose-filled work, 
it doesn't, it's not working harder, smarter, faster, slower, right? It's just purpose-filled work. And that's your service. That's what you're doing. So we don't, I don't really need to put all these connotations on it. I'm just working because I desire it. And that is what my purpose is. That is what I'm doing. I'm serving, I'm helping others in that way. And so I, I don't know, I don't get caught up in that idea that I'm only supposed to be working three days a week, or I'm only supposed to be working this much. To me, it's about how do it, how am I choosing to live my life? What's important to me? What has meaning in my life? So for me in my life, what has meaning is having a meditation practice, having a dedication to movement, having a community, having nature, being in a place that I feel vibrationally tuned up to and aligned in my soul and ser- and serving people. So serving people to me means the work I do with my clients and my community. It also means going to get a coffee and having a conversation with the person that's giving me a coffee or holding the door for a stranger or seeing someone and saying, Hey, do you need help with that? So that's also serving. And I don't rate my day based on how many clients I have or how many sales I have. And that's, that's a process for me. I I wouldn't say that I'm a hundred percent on it. I think that's where I'd like to be. And where I am now is in that integration of, of working through it. And then your second part about faith and trust. Um, I think that that is essential. And I think that we require it within ourselves to have that level of faith and trust when we do put ourselves into positions that feel really aligned within us to know that we are going, that it, that it will work, that things will fall into place. Um, but it requires action. So I never, you know, I want to, I want to note that because sometimes with the faith and the trust people and manifestation, people can talk about, you know, just put it out there and it will come. We're required to take action, right? We're required to take action towards it and also trust and have faith that it will come. So in taking action, we must avoid that contraction, right? It's not coming quick enough. It's not happening fast enough. It's not the way I thought it would be. So the faith is understanding that it's coming in its own way and you can't see the way that it's coming. Mm -hmm. So when you try to control it and to make it into something that you thought it was, that then it, it destroys the faith and the trust, right? It brings us back into a place of, of control. And and my meditation teacher always gives me this example, which I love, you know, faith and trust is like planting the seed, right. And letting it grow at its own time, its own way. And so not doing that is going back in and digging it up before it's had a chance to come into its own form. Beautiful. I love the way you explain that. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So, um, so you have your podcast, you have your community and your services. So at this point, can you just go over how do people get a hold of you? What services do you have? I think you said you had a course that you're teaching. Yeah. So why don't you just go over the different things so people know? Absolutely. Yeah. So as I mentioned, a little variety of, of what I work on, um, but I do have uh, untappedpower.net is where you can find the community, the free community off of the podcast, the podcast is called Untapped Power, and it's for yoga teachers and healers, spiritual creatives. So I interview yoga teachers and get their perspective on the industry, what they find challenging. And I also break down some of the things we've been talking about today and growing your business, ways to build confidence, to move forward. So I do some shorter episodes 
for business development within the podcast as well. So you can get signed up there. And then I offer a self-paced course called Developing a Spiritual Money Mindset. So this is an introduction into understanding that relationship to money and the blocks that you may have. And then that would lead into if you wanted to work together one-to-one. So I take on individual clients to work with. Um, In addition, for the free community, we meet once a week on a live call where we talk about different topics. You can always join that call. It's Tuesdays at 2 Eastern Standard Time. And if you're interested in meditation or yoga, I also do private consultations in that. And I do uh, some online yoga teaching as well. Uh, for anyone that might be interested in movement and and meditation, uh, because that's a part of my life. And I like to share it with others in whatever form or whatever way I can. So untappedpower.net is where you can find that. And then my website is amandastroni.com. And you can go there and get get that information, um, all the information I've discussed as well. Yeah. Why don't you spell your name the way it is on the Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So it's Amanda, A-M-A-N-D-A. And then it's Stroni, S-T-R-O-J-N-Y.com. Yeah, yeah. so it's a little tricky of a last name, but you can find me. It's unique. So it's nice to have that. Absolutely. Exactly. So just a personal question. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life at this point? Oh, I love that question. So beautiful. Um, where I am, where I am in my life, um, where I'm living um, right now, I'm living in, in Hawaii and in Kauai and I, and I love it. And I've found home. I've found a place that aligns with my soul and it gives me the most happiness to know that I can choose, that I have choices um, and that I'm in nature, that I'm doing the things I love, that I'm helping people. Um, and I really feel fulfilled. Um, yeah, with all of those things. So thank you. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and thank for all you. your wisdom about money and movement and meditation. Thank you for having me. Thank you for what you're doing and for offering this and for, for allowing people to use their voice to share. It's beautiful. So thank you. Thanks. So I have one last question before we finish. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? To be you. That's my, that's my advice to be you, to show up as yourself um, and to be an integrity, to be an integrity. Um, That is one of my core values is to say what you mean and mean what you say, Um, to stand in your truth, uh, even when people don't agree with it or to, you know, even when it's uncomfortable, but to really follow your heart and to listen and to speak your truth. And to hold that sense of integrity always within yourself. Um, Never give it away to someone else. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon.